0: What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB, and this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Well, hey there. Welcome back to my new favorite podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, Today we're going to talk about a little something called the brain body connection and you know get into some of the some of the depth there. I know that I've touched on it before, but as it is kind of one of the founding ideas behind brain body resilience and also just such a fascinating thing that has had my attention for so long now and really drives what I do. Um, Let's talk about it. So we know that for thousands of years, all kinds of different cultures have practiced and believed things around the mind and the body and the spiritual connection with each other, with nature, and that all of these things are incredibly important in regards to mental health, physical health, emotional health. They're all interconnected and intertwined and all have a really strong, close relationship. And around the 17th century, Western cultures began to consider the mind and body separately due to Cartesian dualism. Thank you very much, René Descartes, for this misguided idea that the mind and body do not influence each other and have no relationship with each other. Knowing what we do now about science, having modern technology to, you know, confirm these ideas that have been around for thousands of years. Ta-da, great. We all believe it now. More and more so anyways. It's catching on. The thing is, when you learn about biology and physiology, it doesn't make any sense that those things would not be interrelated, that they wouldn't interact in a certain way that was beneficial or detrimental to your health, depending on the environment and the circumstance. I can see, although, that there would be a benefit to certain people with the idea that things that affected your mind didn't affect your body and vice versa, Um, which is usually the case when things... um, misguided ideas kind of catch, they benefit somebody in some way. Anyways, just one example of the incredibly complicated interdependency between the mind and the body is the fact that we have 100 million neurons in our gut. And that is where the majority of our serotonin and about half of our dopamine are produced. And those are like our happy, feel-good, motivational, reward, um, mood-stabilizing chemicals. So all of those things are taking place in our head, but the production of them is in our body. So, you know, just with that alone, I call bullshit on all of the rest of it, which obviously we already knew. But we now know that our endocrine system, our nervous system, our immune system are all functioning Together, all communicating via this chemical language in our body, sending messages from body to brain, brain to body, about what our state of being is, what the circumstances are, what is needed in that moment. And something that I think about is the kind of map of your body that is in your brain called your homunculus, and how fantastic. That is because we have the ability to, our brain actually rewires itself. If there is an injury in, say, one hemisphere in the motor cortex, there have been cases where people's brains have rewired in order to resume function in the periphery, in the limb that was affected by whatever kind of damage, in order to kind of you know, just pick back up with uh, some some sense of normalcy in life and continue to function. It's incredible. Your brain just learns how to like do its own workaround to keep you going. And if that's not a brain-body connection, I don't know what the hell is. Another thing I think about is uh, something called phantom limb pain, phantom limb syndrome where people who have limbs who are amputated often have excruciating pain that they feel is coming from the limb that it is no longer exists. And that's because your brain in that homunculus, in that map of your brain, there's kind of a disconnect there. There's something there's, your brain still thinks that you have that limb and that something is is painful in it. Again, Such an incredible example of our brain-body connection and in that case where that kind of communication goes awry, but there is no doubt that our brain and body are communicating, that they affect one another. They are always, always communicating. Even when you try to distance yourself from that, from from your body, which we do in various ways, which I'm going to get into here, that in itself is a signal. To your brain and then back to your body about how about your state of being. So for a long time, I learned to practice disconnecting from my body due to extended periods of sexual abuse when I was a child and into my teen years. And so I would just kind of pretend like I wasn't in my body and disconnect from what was happening to my body in order to um, cope in order to, in order this was my coping mechanism this was kind of my survival tool and later on I, I learned a lot of shame and probably due to a lot of those things I had so much shame that I directed towards my body and as I got older it really I wasn't very old I think I was like nine eight or nine when I really started shaming myself for thinking that I was really fat and being really concerned about my weight um, and just had some pretty severe body dysmorphia. And I got into some disordered eating, um, which didn't last very long, thankfully, but all of these things were just pushing me further away from the connection to my body. I didn't know how to do that. I ended up when I was a teenager, I, I did um, some cutting, cutting myself, mostly on my legs, just to feel anything. I remember just wanting to create some physical pain, just to kind of match the emotional pain, or maybe just to, as a representative of the emotional pain that I was feeling, just to prove that I could actually still feel something. So I was taking all of these things, all of my, my feelings out, my anger out on my body. And all of these things that I was doing, the shaming, the cutting, the disordered eating, it was all just creating a larger separation between, you know, in the relationship and a healthy relationship with my body. And I would just have the most hateful thoughts towards myself and towards my body I now know that thoughts are biological events. The way that you think has an impact on the way that your cells respond. The physiological response in your nervous system. These are directly guided by your thought process. And especially when that turns into habitual thoughts, into thought patterns and beliefs. And it took me a long time. It took me... I don't know, 20 years to maybe more to understand that there are valid reasons to exercise that have nothing to do with changing my body to understand that my body is this incredible machine that really has the value that's placed on it for what it looks like is subjective. It's just whatever value I place on it, but that my body is more than what I look like. And i've been I've been following some a lot of a lot of my kind of circle on um social media they have there there's a strong base for anti diet fitness anti diet um nutrition um anti anti aesthetic fitness all of this which i love so so much i'm 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 so into it but sometimes the message kind of i think can be adjusted i think we create these um binary is good or bad when we're trying to get out of a different kind of category of good or bad. And I think that it's okay to celebrate your body for what it looks like. Just making sure that we are not um, making our idea of our body's value contingent on what it looks like, because then that becomes a different thing. But for me, I can't pretend that I don't see what I look like. And when I am strong, and I am fit, I look different than I do when I am not taking care of myself. And that differs for everyone. I think getting away from the idea that there is a certain body type to strive for, or a certain body, body aesthetic that is more attractive, or more appealing, or more valuable in some way. Absolutely, those things don't make any fucking sense. And they are incredibly harmful all around the world. But again, I think it's okay to celebrate yourself in your body. And the aesthetics are a part of that. So I think embracing that, there, there is a balance there. And it's not a... Again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a binary of I... You know, strive for anti-esthetic fitness, or I appreciate the way my body looks. I think it can be a both-and situation. Um, but some of the reasons that I found to give your body movement and exercise that have nothing to do with changing your body is number one to relieve stress. This is a huge, huge thing for me, being a stress coach, and you know, trying to spread the good world, good word around the world that we can be participants in taking action in our life and creating habits that help us to release stress and tension from our bodies and help to create that buffer to the everyday stresses that we have. And Exercise is one of the most fantastic ways to do that. Your body needs movement. When you have stress, you need movement to get it out of your body. Uh, Another reason is to increase strength. That one for me has been huge in the last little bit especially as i get older i realize how important it is to maintain my strength and increase my strength just so that my body like stays functioning uh, also just working on a skill like i want to get back to the point where i can do some tumbling and do the splits and do all of these things having a goal outside for goal for your body outside of weight loss is fantastic and i want to encourage every single person that listens to this To give yourself a goal with your body that has nothing to do with weight loss. It is incredible what that can do for you for both your mental and physical health. When you start to focus in other areas on what your body can potentially do for you. Um, Anyways, have fun with your body. Enjoy it. Enjoy moving. This will improve your quality of life and your health. Ultimately, it's just about having a level of respect and reverence for your body that has nothing to do with what it looks like. The human body is the most incredible thing. It is constantly working for us every single moment of our lives, even when we treat it like shit. When we spend all that time shaming it and blaming it for not working right, for not looking right. When we're feeding it things that are in no way natural or fit for human consumption and expecting it to make natural cells that become us, it still does its best job possible to do that. It is incredible what our bodies do for us. We overwork our bodies and then don't take any time for rest or recovery or repair or any, much less giving it any kind of love. Because we have this idea that self-care is some kind of luxury. When in reality, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of your body, it will break down. And it will not be able to function correctly. And then you blame it some more. And then it's this whole loop. And we have to get out of that. And part of that is we're not giving our bodies a lot of movement. We are Our modern lifestyle is incredibly sedentary. And I think there's this idea that if you don't have time for an hour or you know a half hour of whatever exercise you think you need then it's not worth it every single moment that you spend moving is beneficial spend 1 minute spend 5 minutes it's amazing how how much you can do in 5 minutes if you're trying to get your heart rate up do jumping jacks for 5 minutes it's not as easy as it sounds it will get you the results that you want as far as Boosting your mood, giving your body movement, all of these things that, again, have nothing to do with weight loss. Alright, we're getting a little lengthy here, so I'm going to wrap it up. A pleasure, as always, coming around full circle, uh, basically, mind and body work together. The way that you think about your body has a significant influence on how your physical and mental health are, and... If one's not functioning optimally, the other won't either. It is an inextricably intertwined relationship. And we have to care for both aspects of it. We are both brain and body. And there is no separation. We have to take that into consideration when we are working on our you know, goals for our healthcare or our wellness practice or whatever that is that we have. And if we don't have one, we need to consider having them. And I know that time can be, is definitely a privilege and a luxury that not a lot of people have. But like I just said, you have five minutes somewhere. You have a 10 minute break. You have two 10 minute breaks in your eight hour workday. So you can find five minutes somewhere to take care of yourself. Your brain and body will thank you. I thank you for being here, as always. I would greatly appreciate it if you found this useful or interesting or entertaining in any way to like, share, star, subscribe, tell people about it, whatever it is you can do with it. I love it. Thank you so much. Until next week, peace out.